ESPN Daily is presented by YouTube TV. Try it free today at youtube.com slash NBA 23. New users only. Terms apply. Cancel anytime. Jeff Pass, we've seen heralded rookies burst onto the scene in the major leagues before. This goes back more than a century. But what we saw from the Cincinnati Reds rookie, Ellie De La Cruz, what we've been seeing from him the last few weeks, this feels bigger. This feels mantle-esque. Last Friday against the Braves, tell us about that game and what it suggests about his future. So, Jeremy, he started that game in the second inning with a double. That is blitz to right center field. The top of the wall. Dave Cruz storms up to second base. And then, as the script plays out, he follows the next inning with a two run home run. In the air to right. Acuna back at the wall. Gone! Dave Cruz does it again. And come the fifth, he gets a single. One, two. Broke his back. It was around baseball. Uh, it was the sort of thing that was going around social media. Hey, Ellie De La Cruz is a triple shy of the cycle. But uh, Jeremy, there is a graveyard the size of Los Angeles filled with triples shy of the cycle that have died without that triple being hit. But when you can hit like Ellie De La Cruz and you can run like Ellie De La Cruz, anything is possible. And when he went out and whacked a ball and started running, everybody in that stadium knew he was going to end up on third base. De La Cruz right center. And he was the youngest player in more than half a century to hit for the cycle. And he's the first red since Eric Davis, since 1990. And let's remember that 1990 season was also the last time the Reds won the World Series. And what I will say is this. The Cincinnati Reds are having a moment right now. It's the sort of thing that not just Cincinnati should be appreciating, but every baseball fan out there should be appreciating because in Ellie De La Cruz and the crew that surrounds him right now, the Reds have something really special brewing. And it's just the beginning. It has been a long decade for fans of the Cincinnati Reds, a team that hasn't finished above 500 in back-to-back seasons since 2013. But now, for the first time in a long time, there is hope. And it's embodied by rookie sensation Ellie De La Cruz. He's a 6'5", 200-pound infielder, and he has given life to the Cincinnati franchise in just his first 20 major league games adding energy and excitement 
to go along with a winning streak longer than anything achieved by the Big Red Machine in the 1970s. So today, Jeff Bassett joins the show to tell us who is Ellie Dela Cruz and how real is this Reds team and how the most interesting thing about Dela Cruz might be genetic and fraternal in nature. I'm Jeremy Schapp. It's Wednesday, June 28th. This is ESPN Daily. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So, Jeff, you've done some digging into the backstory of Ellie Dela Cruz, this 21-year-old phenom who's already being compared to Mantle and Maze and uh, <laughs> I guess just about everybody else who brings to mind greatness in baseball. How did he get here? How did he get to where he is now? It was a long and pretty slow road, actually. The Dominican Republic, you have to understand, is a completely different baseball culture than we have here in the United States. And he was born in January 2002 in Sabana Grande de Boya, uh, which is a small city, about 30,000 people in sort of East Central Dominican Republic. It's not a baseball hotbed. It is not San Pedro de Macariz, which is, you know, the cradle of shortstops. I didn't know there were places in the Dominican that aren't baseball <laughs> hotbeds. How does that happen? <laughs> well, the it, it, it comes down to trainers, actually, where there's a great concentration of high-level trainers and where Major League Baseball has a lot of its academies like Boca Chica, uh, in Santo Domingo, that's where you tend to see more baseball players come from because that's where there's more opportunity to play the game. And in order to play, Ellie De La Cruz essentially moved out when he was six years old. And that's not an exaggeration. Like he was training to be a baseball player at six years old. You know, that whole time he was a bit of a runt. You know, he was as skinny as a straw, as I say in my story. The man muscles took a while to develop there. And when his 16th birthday was approaching and he was eligible to sign, it's not like he was some sort of multi-million dollar bonus baby. No, he was a lottery ticket. And he was somebody on whom you really had to dream to see something. The Cincinnati Reds, when they signed Ellie De La Cruz, were actually completely hemmed in because the prior years they had spent more than the allotted bonus amount. When they offered Ellie Dela Cruz $65,000, he accepted immediately and they just hoped that he would turn into a guy who they were able to send stateside. They weren't even thinking about him being a big leaguer at that point. In terms of his stature and his strength, right? You know, here's a guy now who is six foot five, 200 pounds, 
runs like Usain Bolt. And yet, in terms of his genetics, you have proof that it could have gone a very different way. I didn't believe this when I first heard it because it seemed so completely far-fetched. But Ellie De La Cruz was in Kansas City where I live and was talking with some media before the series against the Royals began. And somebody asked him, how many brothers and sisters do you have? And he said, eight, five brothers, three sisters, and a twin. And as, as he's saying this, I'm just sitting there with, with the scrum of reporters thinking, okay, someone's going to follow up on the twin. No one followed up. And as, as a reporter, you sometimes see an opportunity and hope there's a good story there. And so I got him to the side afterward and we were talking. I was like, you said you had a twin. What's, what's his story? Did he play? He was like, yeah, he played, but, you know, he, he stopped and it, it just wasn't in the cards for him. And maybe this is because I'm five foot nine and and have all sorts of anxiety about being like, I am average height, but I think 5'9 is seen as short. That said, when when you're staring up at a six foot five man, you know, you wonder, okay, so how big is your brother? And Ellie started laughing a little bit. And uh, Jorge Merlas, the translator for the Cincinnati Reds, was trying to help explain how big he was and I was like like my height and Ellie says mas pequeño which means smaller (laughs) and I was like hold on hold on hold on hold on and in my head at that point I'm immediately thinking of the movie poster where Danny DeVito is leaning on Arnold Schwarzenegger and we've got a twins type situation here my name is Julius, and I'm your twin brother. Oh, obviously. The moment I sat down, I thought I was looking into a mirror. And Ellie guessed that he was five foot six. And I'm just, I'm laughing, <laughs> just, just dying at the idea that genetics are as incredible as they are and that all right hold on though i've got an important (laughs) question here jeff before we go too much further down this you didn't expect this to be you know a genetics uh show but are they identical twins no jeremy there were two eggs that were fertilized they were fraternal twins and and ellie's ellie's parents are like normal height so he is much more the outlier than Pedro de la Cruz, his brother. But uh, immediately when he told me this story of his relatively tiny brother, I knew that I needed to talk with him. And so we arranged mm. a phone call where I spoke with Pedro and I had a list of questions. You know, I wanted to talk with him about the car wash that he owns and runs and about. Uh, his life growing up and about his brother. And eventually we got to the point where I said, I'm sorry, but I have to ask, how tall are you? And when Pedro started to try and answer, Mm. I heard Ellie say, no mentira. Um, (laughs) That means don't lie. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so, listen, brothers are going to be brothers. And right. Pedro answered, Cinco Ocho, 5A. And so I think he's probably a little bigger than Jose Altuve and a little bigger than Freddie Patek. But not a whole lot. And when you see a picture of the two of them standing next to each other, Jeremy, let me tell you, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> so he's been training L.A. De La Cruz, unlike his brother Pedro, who did not win the genetic lottery, to be a baseball player for the last 15 years. When did it seem as if all of that hard work might pay off? Well, it wasn't until after the pandemic, actually. Because Ellie Dela Cruz signed in 2018. Uh, 2019 comes around. He has his first season in the Dominican Summer League. And he's one of those kids who looks like he has potential. But, uh, you know, the, the skills don't quite match the tools at that point. To, you know, 180-something plate appearances, hit only one home run. But it was more you have a lot to dream on at that point. And then the pandemic hits and he gets, I don't know, a little nervous because it's difficult to be not just a big leaguer, but to distinguish yourself among the dozens of prospects who sign at 16 years old every year with every organization and try to make it to affiliated baseball. So he started devoting a lot more time to his training. And between 2018 and 2021, uh, he grew five inches. So uh, all of a sudden, the six foot, 130 pound kid was six foot five and 175 pounds, and then 180, and then 185. And eventually now he's 200 pounds. And with all of that training, came strength, came speed, came power, came arm strength, came all of the tools that Ellie De La Cruz seemed to possess but never could manifest into something on the field. And in 2021, when he started off in the Complex League, you know, he played a dozen games there and the Reds were like, OK, he's too good for this league. So we're going to move him up to low A. And he was pretty excellent there. Fly ball left field. That's hit well. And that ball is gone. Home run, De La Cruz. But really, you knew, Jeremy, going into the 2022 season that Ellie De La Cruz was a potentially great player. And that potential did turn into greatness last year. You know, the late development of Ellie De La Cruz physically, that means he's an entirely different player than the player they signed for 65K five years ago. No doubt. It's physical development, but it's also mental and emotional development. In order to be a successful baseball player, you have to believe that you're going to be great. And I don't think Ellie De La Cruz knew that until the 2021 season, really. And particularly in 2022, when everything came together that year for him. And it's, it's a story for the Cincinnati Reds of grand success because they took this clay, they molded it, 
and they got a beautiful piece of art out of it. And this is potentially unlike any player we've ever seen because you see the power. Like, that is obvious. Tournament silence. Anticipation to see what... Oh, goodness! That ball had a family! In game two, his first home run! A two-run bomb! The raw power is scale-breaking. It is Aaron Judge. It is Giancarlo Stanton. It is at that level where you are 99th percentile. And the speed. That is a fair ball glove on a bounce foot race head first line save! Oh, the outstanding speed of Ellie De La Cruz! I've never heard the road stadium gasp at an infield hit. He just stunned everybody. Usain Bolt Jeremy is six foot five and 207 pounds, and Ellie De La Cruz is six foot five and 200 pounds. So there, there is a comparison for Ellie De La Cruz. It's just nobody in baseball. And so you've got two off the charts tools here. And, and then there's a third, his arm strength. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz is regularly throwing the ball at 90 plus miles per hour across the diamond occasionally throwing it at 95 plus and in the minor leagues this year threw one from shortstop and by the way yes a six foot five 200 pound shortstop uh throwing it at 99.2 miles per hour across the diamond here's a ground ball to short bobble by de la cruz picks it up throws the first in time oh the arm making up some ground there Ellie bobbled it for a while. We know about the cannon. It's the kind of arm strength That's crazy. that you just don't see. A lot has to happen. And he has to run into some luck because even the most talented players need a good bit of luck to play 10 years in the big leagues. But if everything breaks right, Ellie De La Cruz is a Hall of Fame type talent. Coming up. How Ellie De La Cruz is just one cog in what could be a brand new version of the Big Red Machine. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The NFL schedule drops this week, kiddos, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY, 
Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. So, Jeff, we've been talking about Ellie Dela Cruz, this absolutely scintillating rookie for the Cincinnati Reds. And this is a town that loves its baseball, but it hasn't had much to cheer for lately. So to have this renaissance, what does it mean in the Queen City? So when Phil Castellini, the Reds president and son of the owner, Bob Castellini, comes out and says, and this is a direct quote, where are you going to go? That's what he said to Reds fans who were complaining. Where are you going to go? It's so great. It is it is just such a disaffected, frustrated, annoyed fan base because Mm. Cincinnati's a great baseball town. There's just so much history there. You talked about the big red machine, and I'm sure that there are people listening to this podcast who don't understand how great the early to mid-1970s Cincinnati Reds teams were. They won back-to-back World Series in 1975 and 1976. And uh, that, that 75 team is one of the best teams in baseball history. I mean, we're talking Johnny Bench, Hall of Famer, Tony Perez, Hall of Famer, Joe Morgan, Hall of Famer, Pete Rose, Hall of Fame caliber player, uh, all-time hit king. But ineligible. Uh, yes, a Davy Concepcion. The the history of the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, it goes all the way back to, you know, the 1880s. There, there's a reason why for a long time the first game of the baseball season every year was in Cincinnati. Every year the Reds threw the first pitch of the baseball season. And it's because they have this long and rich history. And over the last decade, that long and rich history almost felt like it had been erased. So, Jeff, you know, we're talking about Ellie Dela Cruz, who has brought so much excitement uh, and has so much potential and has made everybody in Cincinnati stand up and take notice. But, you know, the Reds also got back a guy who's at the other end of his career, who's going to the Hall of Fame, Joey Votto. Well, what does it mean to get Joey Votto back into the lineup? So Joey Votto, who constitutes like more than a quarter of the Reds payroll. And mind you, this is a team that still has a payroll under $100 million. Joey Votto missed the first two and a half months of the season. And he came back during this recent 12-game winning streak that the Reds had. And uh, the the night of his first game, when he hit a home run and went on with Scott Van Pelt, he, he was talking about how he almost didn't want to mess with the juju there. If I'm most, most honest, it's, 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 there's this feeling of urgency, of panic, of, of in, not inadequacy, but just this I, I, feeling of like, I have, to, I have to do my very, very best to keep up with these guys. And if you screw it up, you know, you're out of the family. Sort of thing. So <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I just want to keep up with this, these young guys. It's the fact that you have a guy who, like you said, is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, who has been 
in Cincinnati for the entirety of his career. Uh, This is his 17th year with the Reds. So he has seen some ups and he has seen a lot of downs. And to have him back in this lineup that's filled with extremely talented, and this goes well beyond Ellie De La Cruz, extremely talented young players. And, and to know that his end coincides with the new Reds beginning, it, it was just a beautiful story that only sports can tell. You know, a few weeks ago, we spoke to Barry Larkin on Outside the Lines about this Reds team. And, you know, he's, there's something about Cincinnati in baseball, as you said. You know, Barry Larkin's a guy from Cincinnati. There have been great players from Cincinnati who end up playing for the team. And he was talking about his excitement about this young group. And not just Ellie Dela Cruz. When you look around the field at who's playing now for this team, and what the future could hold. What do you see? I see a National League Central division that is not going to be embarrassing. I see Dela Cruz, of course, but I also see Matt McClain, who is a shortstop who's played some second base, a first-round pick out of UCLA in 2018. And offensively, he's been almost as effective as Ellie Dela Cruz. McLean clocks it to left center. Bad angle. Ball carry off the wall. That is four extra base hits for the rookie. I see Spencer Steer, who the Reds got in a trade at the deadline last year when they had an absolutely brilliant deadline. Nick Crawl, the general manager there, goes out and moves Tyler Malley to the Minnesota Twins and gets back Spencer Steer, who has played third base, first base. He's playing some left field now because there's just not room on the infield anymore with Votto back and with Dela Cruz and McLean up and with Jonathan India there. And it's an embarrassment of riches that the Reds have. Then you've got Andrew Abbott, who, you know, was striking out 14, 15 guys in every start, it seemed, at double A and moved up to triple A and was just as effective and is now in the rotation, which has been decimated by injuries. And you have Alexis Diaz, Edwin Diaz's brother, who's doing a pretty damn good Edwin Diaz impersonation this year and has turned into a lockdown closer. And uh, Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, a couple of first-round picks uh, who on the mound could be really special. I mean, they're hurt right now, but when they come back, it's the kind of young core, Jeremy, around which championships are built. I know the Reds lost the series over the weekend to the Braves. It was an unbelievable back-and-forth game on Friday night, and they dropped a couple of close games on Saturday and Sunday. But we have to remember, the Braves are not just the best team in the National League. I think they're the best team in baseball. And... I think Austin Riley, their third baseman, put it best when he said after that series. What are the emotions like during those three games, games like that? I feel like I played three football games back to back to back days. And when Austin Riley, a guy who's won a World Series, who's seen all kinds of success, is speaking about the Cincinnati Reds in those terms, I think it tells you what the perspective around baseball is right now, which is that the Reds, who 
barely a year ago were a laughing stock, are now anything but. And if they have an active trade deadline leading up to August 1st and can get a couple more arms there and Green comes back and Lodolo comes back and Abbott continues to develop and Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McLean and Spencer Steer and Joey Votto and company do their thing, this could be a pretty magical summer and fall for Cincinnati. Jeff Passan, we always know you're heading to the ballpark. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Jeremy. I'm Jeremy Schaap. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow.